Well, it took a little longer than we thought, but we did it. Theoretically. Who knows? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, up in Oregon on KYAQ on the Central Coast and on Queso in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI in Maui, Hawaii on KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. We also stream on the internet every day uh, from coast to coast uh, around the globe on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free, Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Detour Talk, and other fine affiliates, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman. Your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow. Says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us for what is turning out to be, once again, another very slow news day. <laughs> I'm sorry, what's that? I don't know. I remember. We used to have them, remember? Yeah, we used to have days? time to actually cover stuff. In any event, uh, we will do our best to find something to talk about today. Uh, let's start here, of course, according to the Pennsylvania Department of State website, as we go to air right now, the unofficial numbers following Tuesday's U.S. House special election in Pennsylvania's 18th congressional district are as follows. Connor Lamb, the Democrat, has 113,813 votes. Compared to the Republican candidate, Richard Saccone, who has 1,000, I'm sorry, 113,186 votes. That is a difference of 627 votes in the Democratic candidate's favor out of more than 228,000 votes recorded by Pennsylvania's voting system on Tuesday, most of which is 100% unverifiable in any way, shape, or form. As the Keystone State shamefully continues to force most voters on Election Day to use 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems, and they have a very restrictive law regarding absentee balloting in that you must prove an excuse, such as you won't be in the district on Election Day or you physically cannot make it to the polling place for some reason in order to be able uh, to, uh, to be allowed to cast a verifiable vote-by-mail paper ballot. So 
Out of 228,000 votes, it came down to uh, at least what we have for official numbers at this moment, 627 votes. And, you know, what is it that you say all the time? What every, do I say all Every the time? vote counts. Oh, yeah. Do I say that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it I certainly mean, cause did. Really, it, yeah, those 627 some odd people yeah. as of now, they they actually could make the difference. Well, actually, only one of those votes counted. Uh, 626 people could have stayed home and it wouldn't have made any difference at all. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. The uh, libertarian candidate, I should note, Drew Gray Miller. Uh, He received uh, 1,379 votes on Twitter on Tuesday night. He said uh, prepare. He's preparing to be the uh, most hated man in America in a few hours (laughs) that as we were waiting for these uh, results to come in. As I note, they are still unofficial at this hour, though, just before airtime, the New York Times has finally declared the Democrat Connor Lamb to be the winner. That is only a a media outlet, the New York Times, uh, declaring that, not the state of Pennsylvania. Republicans, meanwhile, were scrambling on Wednesday to explain what happened uh, on Tuesday as uh, a Democrat stood on the verge of what is being described as a monumental win in a U.S. House special election that became a test of President Donald Trump's political clout. Seems he may have failed that test. Although the race was still too close to call, Democrats were declaring victory as their candidate Connor Lamb clung to a narrow lead over Republican Rick Saccone in a district that Donald Trump won in 2016 by almost 20 points. House Republican leaders described the outcome as a, quote, wake-up call for the party as it moves closer to the November midterms, echoing language GOP officials have used After other recent special election defeats in recent months. But the Republican Party does not seem to be waking up, no matter how many times they say that these huge flips from red to blue in districts all over the country uh, since 2016. No matter how much they say they're a wake up call, they don't seem to be changing anything that they're doing. So uh, maybe they'll be good and woke after the November elections this year. Who knows? Well, I think one thing that they aren't realizing is that apparently their constituents, the base of the Republican Party, they don't particularly like them because these are the people that the Republican Party base are voting for. Republican, uh, I'm sorry, Representative Steve Stiers of Ohio, the head of the House GOP campaign arm, briefed Republican members in a closed door meeting on Wednesday morning, said this is a wake up call. If you're getting outraised, this is a wake-up call, Stiver said, according to a Republican uh, who was present for the remarks, who spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe the private meeting. But in fact, while the Democrat Lamb was outraising, interesting that he talks about, you know, if you're getting outraised in money, this is a wake-up call. That's what they're interested in, not policy, not politics, but how much money you got. Uh, the Democrat Lamb here was, in fact, outraising the Republican Saccone, um, who def- who had defined himself as more Trump than Trump. Uh, but outside right wing groups far outspent groups in support of Connor Lamb. The Republican strategy led by uh, right wing groups such as Ending Spending and the Congressional Leadership Fund was to. Uh, to try to define Connor Lamb early on with millions in spending starting back in January when Democratic groups were giving 
lamb, uh, almost no air cover whatsoever. One Republican strategist involved in the race who spoke on the condition of anonymity said, we spent an awful lot of money. It's difficult to spin this one. That won't keep them from trying, however. As Lamb uh, did outraise Saccone, his campaign itself, if not the outside spending, uh, Republican campaign committees and super PACs spent $10.7 million to help uh, Saccone, the Republican. That's more than five times as much as their Democratic rivals, according to the FEC records that were filed on Monday night. And yet you got the Republicans saying this is a wake up call. If you're getting outraised, this is uh, your wake up call. Uh, you know, it's all about money. Well, I don't know if they're ever going to figure this out. Corey Bliss, the executive director of the camp, uh, the Congressional Leadership Fund, that right wing group, which paid for door knockers starting in the first week of January, put the blame squarely on Saccone's shoulders. So they're looking for anyone to blame, the anyone other than themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Uh, Bliss called Saccone a four-term state legislator with a long military and academic re resume. He called him a joke. He said we need to stop nominating joke candidates. So a four-term state legislator with a long military record, a long academic resume, that's a joke candidate? Really? In that event, who wouldn't be a joke candidate? Uh, maybe a multi-millionaire real estate tycoon with no political experience whatsoever who has filed bankruptcy multiple times, who's had three wives, dozens of sexual assault complaints against him. Is that the sort of candidate uh, that, that you guys are looking for? Officials are still tallying up the final absentee and the provisional ballots. Uh, the AP, as of airtime, still says the race is too close to uh, too close to call. Uh, although I note, uh, as I uh, noted, uh, the New York Times is going ahead and calling it. They're saying there's no way that Saccone can overcome this several hundred votes is all it is, several hundred vote uh, advantage that Lamb currently has. A recount is also possible if the candidates are separated by point, uh, 0 0.5 points or less, which they almost are. Yep, they are. Uh, so that could happen, but while an automatic recount would take place, if this were a statewide race uh, with less than 0.5 percentage points, uh, thanks to the absurd statutes for so-called recounts in the in the state of Pennsylvania, three voters. This because if it was statewide, you'd get an automatic recount. But this is not statewide. This is just in the 18th congressional district. So therefore, according to the uh, Pennsylvania law, three voters in each precinct have to file a request for a so-called recount in order for one to be approved by a judge in the Commonwealth. And, of course, I use the phrase so-called recount because most of the votes can never be recounted in any way, shape, or form because they were cast on those 100% unverifiable touchscreen uh, touch systems. They have absolutely no paper record of any ballot, any vote that was cast in the race. So a recount on those systems, if one goes forward, is pretty much press the button again, see if the computer says the same thing it said the last time when we press the button, which, of course, it almost certainly will. 
So, uh, hey, Republicans, if you're upset that you can't do a legitimate recount, maybe you ought to start complaining uh, in the state of Pennsylvania and get real voting systems, real hand-marked paper ballots in Pennsylvania. Those are long overdue. Uh, that said, uh, while there weren't a, a lot of paper ballots due to uh, Pennsylvania's excuse-only absentee voting, there were several thousand uh, ballots that can be counted by hand in a so-called recount. And the margin here is certainly slim enough that such a hand count could make a difference. But that seems unlikely. Uh, Democrat uh, Pennsylvania's uh, absentee ballots have reportedly gone historically towards Democrats. But, you know, this is a very, very Republican district, or at least it used to be. Still untallied uh, provisional ballots and uh, and ballots sent in from overseas could also end up making some kind of a difference here in the coming days. the uh, uh, the Democrats abroad account on Twitter notes that ballots returned from abroad from overseas have to be postmarked by the 12th of March. That was this past Monday, but they can arrive by 5 p.m. on the 20th of March. So uh, those won't weren't uh, counted as of Tuesday or today. And there's another what is it about a week before those could show up. But again, seems unlikely. Uh, we, uh, the uh, just, uh, Jesse Hunt, a spokesman for the National Republican Congressional Committee, said we are waiting for provisional ballots to be counted. We are not ruling out a recount. A person familiar with the process said that party officials were looking at potential irregularities and legal action that they could take. I'm sure they are looking. Keep looking, kids. Uh, Democrats... Are, uh, are confident that Cone will fall short here after, um, after final, final military and overseas ballots finally roll in. The National Republican Campaign Committee said it is confident of a Saccone victory, quote, after every legal vote is counted. What does that mean? Uh, who knows? Why are they so confident? Nobody knows, but as uh, those who follow these things may have noticed... It ain't over till it's over, particularly in an election as important as this, as crucial as this, seen as a bellwether. This uh, U.S. House race before uh, all of the U.S. House rates are, race, uh, House seats are up for grabs this coming November. Special election wins by Democrats on conservative terrain in Alabama and Wisconsin. And a strong performance, a very strong performance by the party in Virginia's contest last November have all alarmed GOP strategists. In Pennsylvania on Tuesday night, just before midnight, Saccone told his uh, supporters that it's not over yet. A little more than an hour later, Lamb took the stage at uh, his party's uh, victory uh, celebration in Cannonsburg to declare victory, even though... Uh, It was so close. Led by the White House, Republicans had elevated this race to a high-stakes referendum on Donald Trump and the GOP itself. Donald Trump made two appearances with Saccone, including a more than one hour long, I think it was about 75 minutes, uh, this Saturday night rally 
just uh, over the weekend in the district that was carried live, by the way, on cable networks like Fox News and CNN for more than an hour, free airtime. It seems these, well, we understand Fox News doing it, but uh, CNN apparently never learns. Just giving away free airtime to Donald Trump. And uh, Donald Trump's son, Trump Jr., had also stumped with Saccone on Monday. The highest profile celebrity, meanwhile, to stump for for Connor Lamb was the popular former vice president, Joe Biden, though his rally with Lamb, his appearances were not carried live by cable news networks, to my knowledge. The president repeatedly linked his brand to Saccone throughout all of this. The president tweeted on Tuesday morning, Election Day, quote, the economy is raging. At an all-time high <laughs> and is set to get... Don't laugh, Desi Doyen. Don't laugh at our president. An all-time high and is set to get even better. Jobs and wages up. Vote for Rick Saccone and keep it going. By mid-morning on Wednesday, however, uh, the Trump uh, White House had yet to make any public comments on Tuesday's election for some reason. Uh, as voters made their decision on uh, on Tuesday, Trump apparently loomed large in the minds of many voters, according to The Washington Post. Several people who said they were Republicans had voted for Lamb and specifically against the president. After casting her vote, for example, in Mount Lebanon, a suburb of Pittsburgh, dental hygienist uh, Janet, Janet Delana said that she was outraged when Trump called for arming teachers instead of limiting access to semi-automatic weapons after the deadly school shooting in Florida. She uh, She's 64 years old. She said Donald Trump, quote, flip-flops on everything. But in the end, he caters to the extreme right. She said, I'm a registered Republican, but as this party continues to, cr- to cater... I almost said to crater, but whatever. Uh, As this party continues to cater to the extreme right, they push me left, she said. Nonetheless, GOPers have been uh, doing their very best to spin what happened in this deeply red district on Tuesday as best they can. It should be noted that this district, in fact, is so red, is so Republican outside in the suburbs uh, south of uh, Pittsburgh, that uh, Democrats had not even put up a candidate in the House district over the past two election cycles. They did not even try. The seat up for grabs on Tuesday opened up when the uh, congressman who had held the district easily since 2003, the staunchly conservative, anti-abortion Republican uh, Tim Murphy, Uh, He had to resign after he was exposed uh, to have uh, had an affair. But it wasn't the affair that knocked him out. It was the fact that uh, apparently he had urged his girlfriend via text messages to get an abortion. That's your family values, Republican. Your family values, anti-abortion Republican. Uh, So uh, Jeff Zelaney, senior White House correspondent over at CNN, tweeted uh, on Tuesday night, quote, Republicans of the White House are pleased tonight with the narrow margin of PA 18. This isn't a blowout for now. We'll happily take it. 
the Republican official says well, in the that's, White House. That's some spin. <laughs> it wasn't as bad a blowout loss as we thought, so it's okay in this deep red district? Only a 20-point swing from uh, where Donald Trump was in 2016 to this, so we'll take it. So uh, that is that is some world-class spin. This morning, um, after Democrats appeared to have eked out a uh, probable, very narrow win in this formerly pro-Trump district in Pennsylvania, House Republican leaders waved away the results as a fluke. It's just a fluke. They doubled down on the idea that their tax cut bill will save them from a blue wave in this November's midterm elections. Boy, they're putting a lot on that tax cut bill, aren't they? This is something you're not going to see repeated, said House Speaker Paul Ryan, moments after he had reportedly uh, told his caucus behind closed doors that the flip seat was a wake-up call for Republicans. But then he came out and told the press, oh, you're not going to see this again in November. Don't you worry. Ryan told reporters that Democrat Connor Lamb ran as a pro-gun, pro-life, anti-Pelosi conservative, and that much is true. But Paul Ryan forgot to mention that Lamb also ran as a staunchly pro-union, pro-Obamacare, anti-GOP tax bill, the candidate, or that uh, Lamb had said publicly that he will not vote for abortion restrictions that are favored by Republicans. Ryan also claimed that um, there are more Democrats in that district than Republicans. How does he figure that? I yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess President, if you just keep saying it enough times, yeah. then it, that it makes it true. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're registered as Democrats, but in fact, you know, Trump won that district by 20 points, and it's been represented by a, a far right-wing Republican for, what, 15 years, more. So the race has been viewed by both parties as a brutal referendum on Trump's presidency, and a sign of uh, building Democratic enthusiasm ahead of November's midterm elections, where uh, many, uh, many far more purple districts, far less leaning Donald Trump districts are going to be contested in November. Nonetheless, Ryan insisted that Trump did not negatively impact the special election. Oh, well, okay then. These guys... it, it it's remarkable what they are able to tell them. I mean, we you know we all say Donald Trump is a, is a liar who will say anything to make it be true, as if it's true if he says it. It is not just Donald Trump. It is Paul Ryan, the leader of the Republican Party in the U.S. House, the House Speaker. It's like they're whistling past the graveyard. When a reporter tried to point out that Connor Lamb had run against Ryan's tax plan, Ryan simply ignored her and asked the gathered press corps, quote, is there anything else anyone wants to talk about? <laughs> Other members of House leadership also offered their own spin on Wednesday. Congresswoman Kathy McMorris Rogers, Republican from Washington, she attributed the likely Republican loss to the fact that, quote, we aren't even on full momentum on tax reform. She cautioned the press to be careful about making sweeping predictions. Uh, well, if we just look at facts here, uh, Andy Slavitt, uh, who ran uh, Medicare, Medicaid under Obama, uh, he had tweeted last night uh, as all of this was as the, the, the race was getting tighter and tighter and tighter. 
Uh, he said, uh, you know, at 9 p.m., it'll be at least three hours till they call Pennsylvania 18, which they still have not for the most part. He said, if it comes down to this in a gerrymandered Republican district that Trump won by 20 points with a five times spending advantage and steel tariffs, ignore all of the excuses. Trump is running on fumes as a politician. Don't forget, Trump just implemented those uh, steel tariffs. What was it, last week? Yeah. Just days before uh, this race in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. Steel country. And even that wasn't enough to get folks in steel country to somehow rally behind the president's candidate. Republican pollster Frank Luntz tweeted, whatever the outcome, uh, Pennsylvania 18 is an extremely bad omen for the GOP. Make no mistake, he said, it is a leaning Republican district that is leaning no more. James Lambert from Daily Coast Election said Lamb turned a district that Clinton lost by about 20 points into a Democratic flip and ran 17 points ahead of Obama's 2012 performance as well. Well, that is an improvement. Wow. Dave Wasserman of the Cook Political Report said the story of the result is that uh, Lamb and Saccone both hit roughly the percentage that they needed in each of the, uh, what is it, about four different counties in this uh, 18th congressional district. He said, but here's the difference. The Allegheny County, which leans Democrat, turned out at 67 percent of the uh, levels they did in the presidential election, whereas Westmoreland County, which is very Republican, turned out at just 60 percent of those 2016 numbers. So, okay, so the Democrats had higher turnout. Had higher turnout as compared to uh, 2016. Yeah. Hmm, good. Uh, and so he describes that as another pro-democratic enthusiasm gap that the uh, Republicans are going to have to deal with. Ezra Klein of Vox noted that there are 118 House Republicans in seats that went for Donald Trump by less than this particular district. 118 House Republicans. Uh, who who, uh, who who won by less than uh, uh, Donald Trump did in this uh, in this particular district? Democrats, in the meantime, need to win just 24 of those seats to win back the U.S. House. Uh, another uh, Daily Coast election uh, watcher said tonight's win is the Democrats' 42nd pickup of the cycle. After red to blue flips in 39 state legislative seats, plus New Jersey's gubernatorial race, plus the Alabama U.S. Senate race, etc. So things are looking good for Democrats, at least at this moment. Then again, they were looking pretty good for Democrats back in March of 2016 as well. So, you know, the broadcast, you like to call us, Desiree, uh, your early warning system of the airwaves. Yep. That early warning system remains in effect at this hour. Another early warning system was sounded loudly on Wednesday by way of hundreds of thousands of very angry and very dedicated school kids who sent a loud and clear message to Washington, D.C. today. Whether they'll hear it or not, that's another question. In any event, that story and much more is next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Hey. 
Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. But we need your help to do it. If you enjoy the show and or get something from it, please give back a bit, if you can, by visiting us at bradblog.com donate. Your support helps Desi and me continue to bring you real, independent, progressive news five days a week over your public airwaves. We simply can't do it without your help, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thanks. Yes, they are. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com they are going to hear that sound at least they should today young people in the u.s walked out of school to demand action on gun violence on wednesday in the biggest demonstration yet of the student activism that has emerged since the massacre in Parkland, Florida, that killed 17 one month ago. More than 3,000 walkouts were planned across the country and around the world. Organizers said students were urged to leave class at 10 a.m. local time for 17 minutes, one minute for each of the dead in that February, 5th, uh, February 14 shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Reuters reports reports that uh, students spilled out of classrooms by the tens of thousands on Wednesday, chanting slogans like no more silence and we want change. Part of this coast to coast protest over gun violence prompted by last month's shooting. Uh, They also uh, chanted in protest against the NRA. Hey, NRA, how many kids have you killed today? The uh, hashtag enough national school walkout was uh, intended to pressure federal and state lawmakers to tighten laws on gun ownership despite opposition by the NRA, the National Rifle Association, the powerful uh, gun, the arms industry lobbyists at the NRA. Thousands of students gathered on Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House, holding colorful signs, cheering in support of gun safety reform, chanting, hey, hey, ho, ho, the NRA has got to go. Here is uh, one of those students. I think this was uh, from uh, in front of the White House as well. Yes. Actually, this was in front of Capitol Hill. Capitol Hill. And they were joined by Democratic lawmakers like Nancy Pelosi and Senator Bernie Sanders and Senator Chuck Schumer. Who joined in the walkout. Who joined in the walkout and spoke at this event. Here's one of the students who spoke quite eloquently. I want all of you to know that you're all on the right side of history for this. Now, personally, I'm glad to take part in a powerful nationwide movement like the one that we're participating in today. But we can all agree, in an ideal world, none of us would be here. 
in an ideal world, the 21st graders and kindergartners who died in Sandy Hook would be in middle school today. In an ideal world, the 58 concert goers who were gunned down in Las Vegas would have gone home and returned to be with their families. In an ideal world, the 32 students who died at Virginia Tech would be employed professionals and the 17 victims from Stoneman Douglas would probably be eating, be eating lunch at school right now and the only thing they'd be worrying about was a test for next period. But unfortunately, this isn't the case. Unfortunately, we live in a country where lawmakers are more concerned about their contributions from the NRA than they are about the lives of their own constituents. So uh, that was at Capitol Hill today, but all over the country this was happening. From Florida to New York, students poured out of their schools, marching through the streets, gathering on campuses to demonstrate. At schools, uh, students uh, created symbols to try to represent the tragedy. For example, at Cooper City High near near Parkland, Florida, students gathered around 14 empty desks and three podiums arranged in a circle outside the school representing the 14 students and three faculty members who were killed in the Parkland shooting. The students then released 17 doves from a box in Parkland. Thousands of students slowly uh, filed onto the uh, Stoneman Douglas School for uh, onto the, uh, the football field at the school to the applause of families and supporters. Beyond the fences, as as law enforcement officers looked on, news hel- helicopters hovered overhead. Ty Thompson, the principal at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, called for, quote, the biggest group hug. Aww. And the students obliged around the 50-yard line. Students chanted on the sidewalks outside the school, we want change. Can you hear the children screaming? Read one of the signs. But uh, Reuters notes that not all students in Florida were in favor of gun control. About 80 miles north of Parkland at Vero Beach High School, chants of no more silence and gun violence were countered by shouts of Trump, 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 and we want guns from other students. That, according to video that was posted by uh, by the, uh, the local newspaper, Uh, As students walked out of schools across the nation in their massive call for stricter gun control measures, the country's largest pro-gun lobbying group, the NRA, they had a message of their own. They posted a photo of an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle like the one that was used by a 19-year-old to kill 17 at Stoneman Douglas just one month ago, uh, they posted a picture of this uh, this rifle with an American flag engraved on the gun itself, along with the text, quote, I'll control my own guns. Thank you. At, uh, at New York City's Fiorello LaGuardia High School, crowds of students poured into the streets of Manhattan, many dressed in orange. Uh, symbolic of the bright color worn by hunters to avoid being shot by accident. One sign read, thoughts and prayers are not enough. Uh, A jab at those uh, lawmakers who always call for thoughts and prayers and then do absolutely nothing more after these mass shootings. In Akron, Ohio, hundreds of students wore orange T-shirts with black targets on the front. Uh, They walked out of Firestone High School at Granada Hills Charter High School out here in L.A. Students laid prone on the field of a football stadium in silence to form a giant hashtag enough 
symbolizing the thousands of youth who die of gun violence every year in the U.S., students at Columbine High School in Colorado remembered the 1999 massacre at their school that began an era in which mass shootings became all too common in uh, in U.S. schools. Thirteen were killed in that massacre before the students who walked out today in protest were even born. Yeah. And we're still fighting the same goddamn fight. Some schools uh, applauded the students for taking a stand, or at least they tolerated these walkouts, these 17-minute walkouts, while others threatened the students with discipline. About 10 students left West Liberty Salem High School, which uh, witnessed a shooting last year, despite a warning that they could face detention or more serious discipline. They had a shooting. And yet they're told uh, no going out, no, no stepping out for 17 minutes in protest, in memoriam. Police in the Atlanta suburb of Marietta patrolled Kell High, uh, where students were threatened with unspecified consequences if they participated in the walkout. At least three students walked out anyway. Thank you to those students. Historians said the demonstrations were shaping up to be one of the largest youth protests in decades. David Farber, a a history professor at the University of Kansas who has studied social change movements, said that it seems like it's going to be the biggest youth-oriented and youth-organized protest movements going back for decades to the early 70s at least. Other protests were planned in coming weeks including the March for Our Lives rally for school safety, which organizers say is expected to draw hundreds of thousands to the nation's capital on March 24. When is that? That's That's a Saturday. uh, That's uh, a Saturday, about two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Another round of school walkouts is also planned for April 20. That's the 19th anniversary of that Columbine high, uh, high school shooting in Colorado. The protests come on the heels of the White House announcement over the weekend that uh, appeared to pretty much nix President Trump's previously stated intention of raising the age limit to purchase these military-style assault rifles to 21. Uh, And they also seem to nix the idea of closing the background check loophole that has helped lead to some 32,000 gun deaths each year in this country. Uh, That, as uh, Trump tweeted on Monday about this, he said uh, on, uh, because he was getting a lot of blowback, he said on uh, 18 to 21 age limits, watching court cases and rulings before acting, things, that's what he's doing. Yeah, now, oh, so now he's going to wait to figure out what's going on before taking He would hate to act, uh, you know, too too quickly, too (laughs) rashly on anything, wants to make sure that what he's doing is legal and proper. Of course. As he always does. He said, uh, things are moving rapidly on this, but there's not much political support, to put it mildly, for raising the age limits uh, from 18 to 21. So when he says not much political support, to put it mildly, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what he's getting at there. A new poll from the right-wing Rasmussen Group. Uh, they published a poll on March 6, what, just last week, revealing that approximately 
67% of American adults are in favor of increasing the age limit from 18 to 21. Only 26% oppose. And that's the Rasmussen group. That group uh, says that Donald Trump's popularity is about 50% or more. So even they say that 67% uh, versus 26 percent uh, favor raising the age limit to 21. Uh, but a, a a real poll, the Politico uh, morning uh, consult poll published just at the end of last month, they found that 82 percent of respondents favor raising the minimum age for purchasing an assault style weapon to 21. And 81 percent of respondents say they support raising the minimum purchasing age for all firearms to 21 so those are huge numbers, but, you know, not much political support, to put it mildly, says our cowardly president who made fun. He made fun of Republicans at that meeting. Uh, remember that bipartisan meeting they had at the White House? And he made fun of. Yeah, he uh, made fun of all the, of the Republicans president present saying you are afraid of the NRA. Yep. So uh, Donald Trump is afraid of the NRA. Uh, but uh, the White House uh, did promise uh, on Sunday to uh, to give federal aid in order to train armed teachers not to pay them more money, mind you, uh, or to, uh, you know, to teach or to fund our school systems, which desperately need funding. But we'll we'll give federal aid to train teachers to use a gun, federal dollars to get more guns into the hands of teachers around our students. Well, last week we reported on a, a popular teacher, I, th I think it was in Georgia, near Atlanta, as I recall, who discharged a weapon in a classroom and barricaded himself inside before he was eventually taken into custody. No one was hurt in that incident. But uh, today, a teacher in Northern California accidentally fired his gun inside a classroom where there were students present, injuring three students, according to police. The teacher in this case is a well-trained teacher, well-trained in the use of guns. His name, uh, Dennis Alexander, uh, he is also a reserve police officer himself. And he was pointing the gun at the ceiling to make sure that it was not loaded during a uh, gun safety demonstration when the weapon discharged inside the classroom at Seaside High School in the coastal community of Seaside near Monterey. Alexander also teaches math as well as, of course, in the administration of justice at the school. He's also a seaside city councilman. And did I mention he was a uh, pol reserve police officer trained to use weapons? The Seaside Police Department said no one suffered serious injuries. One 17-year-old boy sustained moderate injuries when bullet fragments apparently lodged in his neck. The student's father said it's the the craziest thing. It could have been very bad. His father, Furman Gonzalez, uh, said that uh, Alexander was teaching a gun safety lesson for his uh, administration of justice class and was about to show the students how to disarm someone, said Gonzalez. Uh, no officials contacted Gonzalez to let them know what had happened and that he said he was shocked when his son returned home with blood on his shirt and bullet fragments in his neck. He then rushed his son to a hospital for x-rays. He said, I'm pretty upset that no one told us anything and that we had to call the police ourselves to report it. Were they hoping that the parents wouldn't notice? I, I, 
I don't know what they were thinking. That's, you gotta wonder. Uh, the teacher here, Alexander, was placed on administrative leave from his teaching job, and he was also placed on administrative leave at the Sand City Police Department, according to police and school officials. So how are the Republicans going to spin this? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they say, well, this just proves it. We need more money to better train our teachers when it comes to the use of guns. That's what they'll do. Yeah. Not right. not more money for school supplies. No. Not more money for teacher pay. And definitely no more money to assist students who need some help, perhaps, with some mental health issues. No. No, no, no. No. Uh, and uh, most importantly, do not raise the uh, limit for buying guns from 18 to 21. We need to make sure that high school kids can still get access to these weapons. All right, uh, keep going, kids. You are saving the world. A quick break, and we're back with more broadcast after this. Speaking of spin, oh, man, this story is amazing. Uh, don't go away. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the broadcast. The broadcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Our Tucker is going to be very mad about that. Uh, he uh, from Washington Monthly. He always gets mad when we play that version of uh, <laughs> of Under Pressure, the ice version of it. Uh, welcome back to the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Sorry about that, Dr. I know you're listening. Uh, Jeff Sessions was in uh, where was he in California? He was in Sacramento. Uh, in Sacramento, uh, just a few days ago, filing lawsuit against the state of California. Uh, against the idea that uh, California has these so-called sanctuary cities. Uh, and, well, here's, here's what he had to say at, at the part of his uh, comments here. California, we have a problem. A series of actions and events has occurred here that directly and adversely impact the work of our federal offices. For example, the mayor of Oakland, has been actively seeking to help illegal aliens avoid apprehension by ICE. Her actions support those who flout the law and boldly validates illegality. There's no other way to interpret those remarks. I'm afraid this is an embarrassment to the proud state of California. According to Acting Director Holman, ICE failed to make 800 arrests that would have been made if the mayor had not made her statement. Those are 800 wanted criminals that are now at large in that community, 800 wanted criminals that ICE will now have to pursue by other means uh, with more difficulty in dangerous situations, all because of one irresponsible action. Okay, so that was uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions talking about this raid that had been planned by ICE and uh, that uh, reportedly uh, a, a mayor of uh, was it the mayor of Oakland um, had got a head, heads up about uh, put uh, warnings about. And now Jeff Sessions is saying that that warning kept 800 criminals, dangerous criminals from being arrested who would otherwise have been arrested in this uh, in this raid. Well. You'll be shocked to learn uh, that's not true. 
A spokesman for U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, has resigned over what he described as, quote, false and misleading statements made by Attorney General Jeff Sessions and ICE's acting director, Thomas Homan. James Schwab had worked out of the agency's San Francisco office until he abruptly quit last week. He said he had been told to, quote, deflect questions about the Oakland, California mayor's interference with an ICE raid last month and to refer reporters to statements from Sessions and Homan that suggested that hundreds of, quote, criminals, criminal aliens, Homan called them, had escaped capture in Northern California because the mayor had tipped them off. Schwab told the San Francisco Chronicle, I quit because I didn't want to perpetuate misleading facts. I asked them to change the information. I told them that the information was wrong. They asked me to deflect, and I didn't agree with that. Then I took some time, and I quit. Good. Instead of lying. Instead of lying to the public. Yeah. Good for you, Mr. Schwab. Sessions uh, and Homan, the acting director of ICE and President Trump, had sharply criticized the Oakland mayor, Libby Schaff, for issuing a public warning in late February about an imminent ICE raid throughout the region. At the time, the mayor said that she wanted to protect law-abiding immigrants from the, quote, constant threat of arrest and deportation. Schwab uh, told Fox affiliate KTVU, after resigning that ICE had ended up capturing 232 suspected undocumented immigrants in those raids, even more than officials had originally hoped, had originally expected from those raids. So, no, there weren't 800 that got away thanks to the mayor. In fact, there were more arrested uh, than they had even planned on being able to arrest. In the raid's aftermath, officials in Washington had repeatedly suggested that hundreds of criminals had escaped because of the mayor. Homan said in a news release that 864 criminal aliens and public safety threats um, remain at large in the community, and I have to believe that some of them were able to elude us thanks to the mayor's irresponsible decision. The ICE director went further the next day, according to the Chronicle, when he said that, uh, quote, there's 800 that we were unable to locate because of that warning, essentially blaming all the escapees on the mayor. Last week, then, of course, Sessions gave his speech in Sacramento asking, how dare you to the state of California? Actually, he was speaking to uh, towards the mayor with that comment. How dare you? Those are 800 wanted criminals that are now at large in that community, 800 wanted criminals that ICE will now have to pursue by other means with more difficulty in dangerous situations, all because, all because of that one irresponsible action. These uh, figures uh, propagated across news outlets. The uh, Washington Post notes uh, this 800 uh, at large Thanks to this mayor, Trump said uh, on Thursday that ICE had been prepared to arrest, quote, close to a thousand people. <laughs> Jeez. But got a, quote, fraction of that. Thanks to the mayor. He called Schaff a disgrace as the regional ICE spokesman Schwab said um, 
this week that he had wanted to set the record straight, that this simply wasn't true. The officials from Washington had been referring to the raid's target list. There was a target of about a thousand people, he said, but that immigration sweeps never get anywhere close to the number of targets. So they have the, you know, they have the names of, of people they'd like to arrest if they happen to be around that they're on the lookout for during these raids. But they never get anywhere close to that. He said, I didn't feel like fabricating the truth to defend ourselves against the mayor's actions. I didn't think that was the way to go about it. He said, we were never going to pick up that many people to say that 100 percent are dangerous criminals on the street or that those people weren't picked up because of the misguided actions of the mayor is just wrong. If reporters had asked him about Homan's and Sessions' comments, he said his superiors uh, at ICE had told him simply to, quote, deflect to previous statements from those top officials. That's what this administration does. I will refer to I will refer to the previous statements uh, by the president on this, the previous denials. We hear Sarah Huckabee Sanders doing this all the time. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty good tell. You know that instead of lying, they're just going to say, I refer you back to our previous statements. Right. And that's but it's, what still, were, it's yeah. still a lie. It's still a lie. Uh, and it's amazing. This guy uh, deserves great credit. I mean, ICE has been terrorizing communities all across the country over the past uh, year uh, or more, even before Donald Trump came in, but especially Donald since Donald Trump has been in office. And the, the, the spokespeople are routinely told to lie, whether it's at ICE or any of these federal agencies under the uh, Trump administration. Uh, Schwab said it's the job of, of a public affairs officer to offer transparency for the agency that you work for. He said, I've never been in a situation where I've been asked to ignore the facts because it was more convenient. He's had a long career as a government spokesperson. He was uh, at NASA. He was at the U.S. Army before he ended up joining ICE back in 2015. Um, so after all of that, he quit. He said uh, he, he told CNN he just couldn't bear the burden. Continuing on as a representative of the agency and charged with upholding integrity, knowing that the information he was being told to give out was false. ICE officials, you'll be stunned to learn, uh, said late uh, on Tuesday that Schwab's statements were inaccurate <laughs> and their percentage of arrests in California was lower than usual thanks to whatever happened up there in Oakland. A spokesman for the Justice Department initially denied that the attorney general had spoken of 800 wanted criminals in his speech. He, uh, the uh, spokeswoman said that the AG were wanted aliens, not criminal that, uh, that was a Sarah Isger Flores uh, writing to The Washington Post on Tuesday morning, referring to Jeff Sessions's prepared remarks. But apparently she didn't listen to his actual remarks. Apparently he veered from his uh, written remarks, was recorded as saying 800 wanted criminals. Yeah. At least twice in the speech, which you just heard. Um, so uh, the mayor, by the way, for her part, applauded Schwab's decision to resign as do we here at the broadcast. We could uh, love to see more officials doing this and explaining to the media why they are standing down, why they are resigning. Uh, the mayor said, I commend uh, Mr. Schwab for speaking the truth while under intense pressure to lie. Our democracy depends on public servants who act with integrity and hold transparency in the highest regard. I would concur. 
We all concur. All right. I got one more story here about the real threat that is uh, actually faced while the administration is out there pretending that we are being overwhelmed by criminal aliens. Uh, The real threat, once again, uh, comes from right inside the House. Uh, Federal authorities on Tuesday charged three men from rural central Illinois with the bombing of a Minnesota mosque last year and said one of the suspects told an investigator the goal of the attack was to, quote, scare Muslims out of the U.S. A statement from the U.S. Attorney's Office in Springfield, Illinois, says the men are uh, men also are suspected in the attempted bombing of an abortion clinic. These uh, three men, the the Dar al-Farouk Islamic Center in Bloomington, Minnesota, was bombed just before morning prayers last August, causing a fire and extensive damage, although no one was injured or killed. I believe we reported on that at the time. There was uh, also an attempted bombing of the Champaign, Illinois, women's health practice uh, on November of last year. One of the three men, Michael Harry, 47 years old, described in an April 2017 Chicago Tribune article how he had drafted a $10 billion plan to build a wall along the border with Mexico, citing Donald Trump's call for such a wall. He drew up uh, the proposal after launching a security company called Crisis Resolution Security Services. The other two men charged in the mosque bombing With Hari were identified as Joe Morris, 22 years old, Michael McWhorter, 29. All three are from Clarence, a rural community in Illinois of less than 100 residents, about 35 miles north of Champaign-Urbana. A tip in December led authorities to investigate the three men after a person sent the local sheriff's photo, uh, local sheriff photos of guns and bomb making materials inside Hari's parents' home where Hari often stayed. Yes, he seems to live with his parents. McWhorter allegedly told an FBI agent during an interview that the three had rented a pickup in Champaign, drove more than 500 miles to Minnesota with a plan to bomb this mosque. He said that they wanted to let Muslims know they are not welcome in the U.S. and to, quote, scare them out of the country. McWhorter also allegedly admitted that the three men tried to bomb the abortion clinic on November 7. He described a PVC bomb that uh, broke a window and they threw it in. It failed to go off, according to the complaint. The complaint also said uh, nothing, however, about the possible motivation for the clinic attack. I wonder what it could have been. Wonder what they might have been inspired by. The Islamic Center primarily serves uh, Somalis in the Minneapolis area and houses a mosque and religious school for children. Minnesota is home to the largest Somali community outside of East Africa with an estimated 57,000 people. So once again, while the administration is pretending we need to build walls and round up criminal aliens, once again, the threat is coming from inside the house. And the administration continues to lie about it, no matter the facts. All right, got to get out. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. It's always appreciated. If you missed any portion of today's show or any other, download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. You can drop me an email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. And my thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us stay on your public airwaves to keep telling you the truth 
when ICE and the administration continue to lie to you. So does everyone else. Not us. All right, that's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.